What a tremendous reminder we have every Good Friday of just how powerful the love of God is and how far-reaching the love of God is that He reached 2,000 plus years in, in, in the future for us uh, as He also died for those currently uh, that were living at that time. He said He died for the whole world and that means the world that's yet to come. So that's us, praise God, that His love was so far-reaching that it reached into 2017 so that you and I could take advantage of that. Uh, I want to just share with you a few moments about the blood covenant uh, as uh, we prepare to come around the Lord's table because it is so, so very important. It is a blood-bought freedom that we have, and many people don't live in the freedom that they have. Paul talks about that in Corinthians when he says that we come around the Lord's table and we take it in an unworthy manner. And he's literally talking about we don't see the value, we don't see the worth of what this represents. And when you don't see the value of it, then you're not going to have that to believe in and you can't receive until you believe. So you've got to believe to receive. So we're just wanting to help you and help your faith so that you can not only have a head knowledge of this relationship with God and a head knowledge of what God has done in and through His Son, Jesus Christ, but you can have a heart knowledge of it and you can have a physical reality of it. Uh, I'm telling you, what God has provided for us is for to us to be lived out in the flesh. So there's a blood-bought freedom that we have and many people are still in bondage. You may, be come, you may have come here tonight and there's a bondage in an area of your life Well, we want to shine the light in that dark place and we want to expose it so that you can know that you're in bondage and you can know that freedom has already been purchased for you and that you can claim your freedom. You can claim your blessing. You can claim your deliverance. You can claim your healing. You can claim your promotion from the Lord tonight. And this can be a good Friday for you as well. Amen? Because it's only good because of the sacrifice He made. He came, He lived, He died. It seems sad, but He did exactly what He said on the third day. He rose again, and He has put the enemy to flight, and He has given victory to all who place their faith in Him. It is a good Friday, I can promise you. So with this blood-bought freedom, I want us to take a few moments and look at the blood covenant as we look in Isaiah 54 and 17. In Isaiah 54 and 17, it says, No weapon. Say it with me. No weapon. Come on, say it like you are enjoying the, the, the truth of this. No weapon. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Did you know that? Say it. Put, go ahead and put me in there. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let's say it again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue, the Bible says, which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. So that means you're going to have the authority, you're going to have the faith, you're going to have the fortitude, you're going to have the willpower to stand against every lie the devil brings against you, and you'll condemn it when you know, when you believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So what we want to do is build your confidence. I know we're always here building your confidence. We're always here building you up. We're always here edifying you. We're always here encouraging you because that's what we've been, that's my divine assignment. And I want you to be so fortified and so layered in your strength uh, so that when storms of life come, you're, you're not toppled over, kind of like plywood. You know, when uh, I know Townsend took karate for a number of years, and one of the things he had to do is, uh, remember, when he very started out, uh, he had to break a board. Well, I guarantee you, now there may be, I've never seen it. I took karate when I was younger as well. We never tried to break ply, plywood. 
okay, when we would go and do our presentations and the parents all gathered in, we, we would not break plywood. We didn't even choose that. And the reason being is because of those many layers that make up plywood, it makes it so hard for you to break it and come against it because of the layers. Whereas you can take a regular piece of wood and you can find where the grain goes and there's nothing backing it up and you can hit it just right and it'll just pop in half. But boy, plywood doesn't work that way. Well, I want you to be some plywood Christians, okay? I want you to be so layered in the Word and so layered in your confidence and so layered in faith that when the devil comes against you, he finds an impenetrable wall. He's like, can't, can't break through this fence. Can't break through this wall. This, this is a truly fortified child of God. And that's what I want you to be. So let's look at the blood covenant uh, and what it promises to us from God. Because the promises of God are more real today than you can ever imagine. They're not something we look in the Bible and it's way back then. The promises of God are for you today. And God says you need to know who you are. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the devil comes but to kill, to steal, and destroy. He has come. That's all the thief does. So we need the promises of God. We need the strength of God. We need the warfare, uh, uh, tactics of warfare and how to fight because this is not fair. The devil doesn't play fair. He's trying to come in. He's trying to steal our joy. He's trying to steal our finances. He's trying to kill us. He's trying to put sickness and disease and virus and infirmity on us with his spirits of infirmity. He's trying to destroy our relationships and destroy our homes and destroy our confidence and destroy us. But we cannot let him do that because God has said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But you've got to participate. You've got to rise up and every lie the devil brings against you, you must condemn it. Amen? So that's what we want to do here as we look at the Word of God. In Luke 10, 19, the Word of God takes Jesus and Jesus says, Behold, I give you authority. Say authority. authority. Say exousia. Exousia. Come on, speak a little Greek. Exousia. Okay. Uh, authority. He said, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Say power. power. Say dunamis. See, they're your great Greek students. You said exousia and you said dunamis. Two Greek words here. He said, I've given you exousia over dunamis, over all the dunamis of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing by any means shall harm you. Kind of sounds like what he said in Isaiah when he says what? He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Sounds like our God has a plan. Sounds like he has a plan for us, and his plan for us is for us to live victoriously. That for his plan for us, that even though we're engaged in battle, even though everything is not just given to us with a silver platter, there's a real enemy of God and an enemy of the people of God, but that we, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, and no weapon he forms against us shall prosper, and every lie that he brings against us we shall condemn, because he's given us what? Exousia. He's given us authority over all of the dunamis, the powers of the devil, and he by no means shall harm us. Somebody needs to pump your chest up a little bit, and you need to, even you ladies, you need to go, uh, uh, you know, grunt a little. Um, victory is yours. You're tough. You're tough. Uh, come on, some of you ladies, yeah. flex your muscles. Yeah. Uh, hallelujah. Man, we're tougher than we think we are in Christ. 
I like that word, nothing. <laughs> it's so similar to Isaiah 54 that I believe God is trying to make sure that he gets the message across to us, Old Testament and New Testament, that this covers every aspect of our lives, whether it's web weapons of terrorism, whether it's weapons of fear, whether it's weapons of sickness and disease, whether it's weapons of debt uh, and destruction or emotional pressure, no weapon can prosper. Praise God. It's a good Friday, isn't it? It is such a good Friday because of what Jesus Christ has done. So now let me just take a moment and show you how this promise becomes real in our lives. The first thing is we have to understand God is a covenant God. He's a covenant God, and covenant is not contract. Now we understand contract in America and capitalism, and we write a contract, and it's legally based, and if we do our part and the other person does their part, everything's okay, but if they breach their contract or we breach our contract, then it's null and void. It can actually go into courts and be sued, and the other one can pay you for suffering and damages and losses of wages and all this stuff, uh, penalties because contract is broken. Covenant is not so much the legal base of, or, or, or fi finds its foundation on the legality, it finds its uh, basis on the character and the relationship. And here's a God who says, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I, it's impossible for me to sin because I've created all things as they are and I am above and not limited to with anything that has been created, even in this fallen world. He said, I am the perfecter of that which is imperfect. He says, I am love. I don't love you only, but I am love. I am love. I am truth. I am righteous. I am holy. I am just. I am pure. I am all-powerful. I'm all-knowing. I'm everywhere at all times, not even in your chronos of time here on earth. I am everywhere at all times. I am the all-knowing all and all-creative one. I am God. And based upon who I am, who cannot fail, will not fail, will not even have a shadow of turning in what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to establish covenant. I'm going to establish covenant. And, th and this goes beyond the laws of the judicial system. This goes beyond the, jo uh, the laws of the Mosaic court. This goes beyond the laws of man or society. I'm establishing this not on uh, the, the scales of justice being held with her eyes, uh, Liberty's eyes blindfolded. I'm establishing this on my character, on who I am. One who cannot fail, who sleeps not, who, who will be here forever because I, I am the God who created forever. Forever is short in my span of who I am. Words cannot explain the, the, gravity, the gravity of who I am. It can't, the depth of the ocean, the height of the skies, nothing can really measure me because I'm beyond all of that. And upon that, I establish covenant because I want covenant. Is it something you want? It's not something you came up with. It's not something you said, you know what, this would work out if I could negotiate to get these good deeds or this good uh, 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 fundamentals of covenant, then I'm going to do a great negotiation. No, he said, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to establish this covenant because it's something you need that I know you need because I'm your creator even before you know you need it. So he's establishing covenant. And in Exodus 12, he says, uh, verse 13, he says, I'm going to write this covenant with blood, the blood of a lamb. And this lamb has to be a spotless lamb. This lamb cannot have any mars on it because this lamb will be pointing to my son 
who out of our love is willing to lay down the splendor of glory and step out of the realm of heaven and come in fashion and form as a man here on this earth to live, suffer, and die at the hands of man to shed innocent blood as that innocent lamb so that I can redeem you from the curse of sin that the enemy will bring upon you. So he says in Exodus 12, 13, he says, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. So God said, in covenant, I am establishing it such that when there's innocent blood shed on your behalf, that I will let what that innocent life uh, was willing to die for or died for is going to be accounted to you. So what they do will credit you. What they do will benefit you. He says, you don't need to negotiate this. You don't need to talk about it. This is the covenant that I am establishing. I'm going to honor the blood of a lamb. And when I see the blood, I'm going to bring protection upon my children. And whatever the enemy would ever try to destroy and bring against you, you can know that there's safety under the blood. There's safety when you're under the blood. So God said, I want you to understand me in covenant, and covenant with me has to be written in blood because that's what I choose. The next, we need to understand God's new covenant, which applies to us here in the New Testament as the old covenant applied to those that were before Christ with the Lamb's blood. And now in our lives, 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our Passover Lamb. For indeed... Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. So he's making this transition. I'm a covenant God. It has to be uh, uh, innocent blood. Uh, the lamb is not born under the, the curse of the sin nature through Adam's seed. So that blood will cover. It can't cleanse. It will cover, though, for a season because I've got a plan. And this is going to point towards my son, the Christ, Jesus, coming and he's going to be the Lamb of God that sheds, away, sheds his blood for the sins of the world. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 that there's a transfer, there's a, there's a promotion, there's, a, there's what was pointing to has now become where Jesus the Christ has become our Passover Lamb. And uh, for that same divine protection, for that divine deliverance from plagues, destruction, and bondage, he says, now it will come through the blood of my son Jesus Christ. Now we need to understand the difference between the Passover lamb uh, and the Jesus as our Passover lamb and these covenants. And he tells us that in Hebrews 8 and 6 where he says that Jesus has come and obtained for us. Say, that means me. Come on, say, that means me. Jesus did this for me. We got to get that. Jesus did this for me. Jesus has come and obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also the mediator. So he didn't come just to uh, be the fulfillment of covenant, but he came as the representative. Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So God is here with us, and he is mediating a better covenant. Isn't that what it says? A better covenant, which was established on better promises. Hallelujah. So notice the difference between the old covenant which was very powerful, so much so that when that death angel came on that night and saw the blood of those lambs that had been taken and that blood spilled and the hyssop branch had taken and put that blood on their doorpost and over the lintel of their door as God had commanded, that death angel came and could not touch the firstborn in that house, could not touch that house because of the blood. 
and had to pass over that house. Now we have Jesus coming and mediating for us a better covenant built upon better promises with better blood by shedding His own blood for you and for me. So this new covenant is more excellent. It's Good Friday. This, this new covenant is a better covenant. It's a Good Friday. And this covenant is, has better promises for us. It's a Good Friday. Hallelujah. Now listen, when they came out of Egypt after that night, they came out of those houses. They had to open the door and they had to walk under the blood that had been spilt there that evening before. And as they walked out, there was a transfer. They went in under the blood. They went in a slave. They went in under bondage. They went in under fear. They went in under doing as they had done for 400 years. But because of the blood, when they came out, those that had held them captive is now giving them, showering them with their gifts, showering them with their jewels, showering them with their treasures. And they're saying, we'll do anything to get you out of our land. Go! 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 And they packed up all the wealth of Egypt and they went out. The Bible says there was not one sick among them. Millions of elderly and middle-aged and children and infants. Millions gathered and not one was sick among them. Hallelujah! Because of them coming under the blood of an Old Covenant and an Old Testament Lamb's blood. How much more do you think Jesus mediated for you and me? It's time we get under the blood and say it's time I come out from under the bondage of death, out from under the bondage of sin, out from under the bondage of slavery, out from under the bondage of poverty, out from under the fear and the life of dread because I've got a a better covenant been given to me by my Jesus, my Lord, and my Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a better covenant with better promises established by better blood. Therefore, you get better results. We got more to rejoice on the New Testament side than they had to rejoice about on the Old Testament side. We got more to shout about on the New Testament covenant than they had to shout about under the Old Testament covenant. We got more to celebrate under the New Testament blood than they had under the Old Testament blood. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, has shed His blood for you and for me. So how do we walk in these better covenant promises? Let me just give you several things and then we are going to come around the table and we're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated before. We're going to celebrate this better covenant. Amen. First, in order for us to walk, walk out this better covenant, God says, let me tell you how it works. Now we can't negotiate this. We shouldn't want to. A perfect God has given this to us. He says, this is how you walk it out. He says, I'm going to make this a sound-activated covenant. The covenant is there based on who I am, God would say. It cannot be challenged. It cannot be changed. It, it's good. It's great. It's awesome because that's who I am. It's based on my character. He says, but I do want you to participate. Now, like in contract, you have to participate. And if you... If you, you know, 
but you can negotiate and change things. God said, covenant don't work that way. You can't come up with, say, God, I'm going to change how to participate in this deal. I'm going to come up with a different model or a different plan. He said, it won't work. This is covenant. This is not established upon the democracy laws or capitalistic laws. This is established upon me and my character and my nature and my desire. So he says, to participate in this covenant, I'm going to make it sound activated. Everything is here, but when you make a sound, you will tap into all of the covenant. So you have to confess with your mouth. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm making that part of the covenant. And that's why Paul tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, it's also faith initiated, and believe in my heart that God is raising from the dead. Now we know from the issues of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know the believing has to come first. We have to believe that God has raised His Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. we got to believe the God of the covenant. If our faith isn't in the God of the covenant that He can back what He says He's going to do, then what we say just parrots and it really doesn't affect anything. But if a sound comes out of a heart of faith, if the faith is heard in the sound, then the sound will take you from one place into another place. You, it will bring you out from under the blood into a whole new dimension that I have created for you. So it is sound activated. We have to declare it with our mouth. We must say the blood of Jesus protects us. The blood of Jesus heals us. The blood of Jesus delivers us. The blood of Jesus, through His blood, it prospers us. we got to understand our covenant. And we got to believe our covenant. So it's not just a head knowledge. we got to go 12 inches. Some of you got a longer neck, 16 inches. you got to get into the heart. you got to believe in the heart. It starts in the head, but it's got to go into the heart to where you believe it. And when you believe it, and then you say it, you receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. It's how the covenant works. You can't change that. You're either going to fight the covenant and never benefit from the covenant, are you going to yield to the covenant God and His covenant and benefit, participate and benefit from it? So we see that this covenant, Romans 10, 10, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that word salvation there is sozo. And that word sozo in the Greek means all those things that the old covenant did plus much more. Deliverance, safety, protection, healing, prosperity, promotion, Sozo means all of that and so much more. So a lot of people believe Romans 10 and 10, when you confess with your mouth out of a heart that believes that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you're saved, that means your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and you're going to heaven. Sozo does mean that. It means you're protected now and forever. It means now and forever. So there's eternal protection there as long as you stay in the covenant. So, but this salvation is not limited to the future only. It, it is a very specific word that means right now. Right now protection, right now promotion, right now healing, right now deliverance, right now set up for better things. Hallelujah. Anybody ready for a right now miracle? A right now divine manifest of heaven on earth in your life? Well, that's what we do when we confess out of a heart that believes, out of faith. Secondly, we must know that this covenant went into effect the day Jesus died on the cross. It's not going to happen when we get to heaven. It's now. Now. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 17, for a testament is in force after men are dead. So the testament is the will. For a will is in force after the men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So Jesus died. That's why it's Good Friday. Because the Son of God literally died so that His will for us expressed in covenant could be transferred into our lives right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we must know that this covenant goes in, it went into effect the day that Jesus died. So we're not waiting for anything. The only thing we're waiting for is for us to get our faith to the place where we believe that we can receive and we will begin to confess with an authoritative faith confession that will split the, the, the veil of anything the enemy's brought into our midst to try and hold us back. Number three, another thing to receive this is we must come boldly. Now, it's funny, the Bible would use that word bold in this, in this sense, but we must come boldly. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brother, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. This is a blood covenant, and it's almost like God says, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to see if you really believe what you're saying by how you say it and how you live. Are you going to come boldly or are you going to come sheepishly? Are you going to come boldly in faith or are you going to come with doubt and unbelief? So he tells us that this, this blood of Jesus, this blood of Jesus has made it possible. The veil has been rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The Holy of Holies is now open to us. The very presence and power and anointing and everything God has is ready for us. But we must come boldly. Hold fast your confession. Uh, Hebrews 10, 19, I think your translation is hold fast your confession. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, having boldness, enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I want to be here to help layer you so that when the enemy puts in some cheap uh, uh, back, backstab that you weren't expecting, that your theology doesn't just fall apart. Oh, I got attacked. Oh, but no, that you're layered. And you're like, oh, that's right. I am in a battle. God told me this warfare. I should expect it. I'm not wrestling flesh and blood, though. So you, brother, you, sister, you crazy who just came against me, it ain't about you. It's about the spirit behind you. And I know how to fight. That I, My weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull and down strongholds. So I'm fixing to exercise my authority and pull everything the devil has planned, every scaffolding he's put around my life, I tear it down in the name of Jesus because no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. He tells me he's given me exousia over all your dunas and you by no means shall harm me. So I'm just going to act out here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a blood covenant and it's blood-bought freedom for all of us. And that's where we come to number four. In order to walk home with this and to live it out, you've got to hold fast your confession of faith even when things don't look good. You've got to stop being like the balloon that the kid is trying to blow up and it slips the lip 
You got to stop being that kind of Christian. You got to lock your teeth into that, that little rim around the balloon. Yeah, I'm not letting you go. Uh-uh. You're not going. I'm going to blow you up as big as you're supposed to be because I am tired of chasing you down, you old slobbery old thing, and starting over, over and over and over again. Uh-huh. You got to hold fast your confession of faith even when things don't look good. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. When you understand this is a covenant, he, He's not going to break. He's not going to back up. He's not going to. He's not going to tire. He's not going to run out of resources. He's not going to. He's not going to say mm, not for you, but for you, and not for you. That's not who He is. He said this is based on my character. This is based on my integrity. This is based on my ability. This is based on me being God. And to call me God, to know me, is to know I am love. And I'm no respecter of persons. So don't buy the lie of the devil. That's that evil tongue rising up against you that says, ah, you're not as special as so-and-so. You're not as important as so-and-so. Devil, you're a liar. Get thee behind me. Just like he told Peter when Satan started talking through Peter. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. You got to learn to put the devil in his place. Hold fast to your confession of faith, even when things don't look good. And believe you me, there will be times when things don't look good. And let me just add, when things don't feel good. I think sometimes, 21st century, we more in, we're more impacted by the feeling than the outlook of it. Because we've really, really gotten into a very comfortable societal type of lifestyle. We don't go to places that are uncomfortable unless it's just mandated by the court. We don't revisit places that are uncomfortable because we're in America and we don't have to. And we can get a really, really softness to us. And, and I'm not against that because I'm not going somewhere I'm uncomfortable either unless the Lord sends me there. But what I do know is when things start feeling pretty bad and it looks like the devil is getting the upper hand, I can't go by my feelings. I can't go by my feelings. And I can't go by what I see. i got to walk by faith. Hold fast your confession even when things don't look good. And then let's wrap this thing up with this final one. You've got to remember that this covenant is so important to God. And if you've got any sense at all, if you've got half an ounce of measure of sense, look at somebody and say, do you qualify? Do you qualify? Just ask them. Do you qualify? You got a half an ounce of sense. Do you qualify? And everybody shake your head. Yeah, because you do. You do. You qualify. But you got to remember if you've got a half an ounce of sense that this covenant is more real than anything that is real in my life. And in order for me to get the realness of this covenant to overwrite or to overpower or to over-demonstrate, or to change over my circumstances, that I've got, to, I've got to embrace, understand. And let me say it this way. Rather than embrace and understand, God says it this way, celebrate. I've got to celebrate this covenant. And Jesus said, to help you with one foot over here 
in the Old Testament covenant blood lamb Passover with one foot over here, he says, I'm going to help you transition to one foot over here into this new covenant that I'm writing for you with my own blood, which is a better covenant, which has better promises, with a better high priest. He says, I'm doing this for you. So let me show you how to make this transition. And the way you do it, I want, you, I want it to be done with celebration. So at the close of the Old Testament Passover, up to here to now, Old Testament blood pointing to the lamb that was sh- the, the, the lamb's blood that was actually being still spilled. Now he takes and he says, "I'm going to take this cup, the fruit of the vine, the blood of the grape, and I'm going to take this bread, and I'm going to make this transition for you guys, because you don't need to kill another lamb. After what's going to happen after tonight? He says, all of that blood of all those millions of lambs for all that time, he says, That's, that, that will help you no more. He says, that was good in its day, but there's better coming. That was good in its day, and it brought them delivered, healthy, whole, and prospered out of Egypt into the promised land, but I've got better for you. He said, I've come to show you that I am the Son of God, so it can't be the same. It can't, all that was pointing to me, and I am come to do that which is better for you. So he takes the cup, the blood of the grape, and he takes bread that is broken. And he said, this bread is my body broken for you. And this blood of the grape is my blood that I'm about to shed for you so that I can bring you into this New Testament will that I have for you. But in order for this to happen, I must die. Because as long as the testator lives, there is no transfer of the inheritance. So I I must needs go to Calvary. Peter, that's why I rebuked you. That was the devil talking, trying to keep me from going. Y'all want to get all mad at Judas? Don't get mad at Judas. This had to be. I've got to go to the tree. I'm going to go to the tree by first the way of the whipping post because I have had established in covenant through the prophets that there was coming a lamb who's by his stripes you would be healed. And Peter, you, whether you, the devil's been trying his best to come against you, he's been sifting you, but I've been praying for you because you are the one that is going to get it. And when you get it, when you get it, you are right about it. And you'll even write that by his stripes, you were healed. You're going to get it. And, and he said, but I've got to do this. And I, what I'm doing for you this night, he said, as often as you do it, you will do it. And the word is remembrance, but it's not a mental recollection. It means a literal membership reconnection. Or affirmation. So that means if you're here tonight and you're not a child of God, God is saying this is the night you need to come into the membership. Join yourself to the body of Christ so that you can have all the benefit of the covenant. But you've got to believe that God has raised Him from the dead. That He's not dead. He is alive. And you've got to welcome Him into your heart by making a confession of your mouth 
that you surrender to his lordship. And when you surrender to his lordship and accept the person and work of Jesus Christ on your behalf, he said, I will come into your life. I will apply all that my blood has accomplished. I will apply the benefits to you automatically. Everything gets populated in your benefits category. And now as a child of God, I'll have it recorded in the Lamb's book of life, a Lamb's book of life, the Lamb's book of life, because the Lamb is the one made that covenant possible. And now you can go forth and declare, I am a child of God. And you can benefit from the covenant. So this, when you do this, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. It is to connect ourselves to the membership of the body of Christ. Or it's affirmation to say, I thank you, God. That whenever year ago it was, and whatever day it was, and whatever hour it was, and whether it was at an altar of prayer, in my bedroom, in my car, in a bathroom, it matters not. But I remember, I celebrate that you gave me entrance to be a son, a daughter of yours into this covenant. And as I celebrate what you have done, what this blood and this body of yours has done, and I place value on it. That's why Paul says if you take it in an unworthy manner, meaning you see it, it's just juice and just crackers, no big deal. Then to you it's no big deal. And sickness and disease and heartache and brokenness and theft and loss and all that stuff the enemy brings against you, you're, not, you're powerless against it. The no weapon formed against you is not working. The exousia authority you have over the dunamis power of the enemy is not working. Because... You, you, you're not, there's no faith. This is just blood and juice. This is just juice and, 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 and bread. But when you see the value, Paul says, didn't he say? That's why many of you, you, you go to sleep early. I mean, you die young. Many of you are in bondage. Many of you are in pain. Many of you are in bondage there, he talks about in Corinthians. Because you're not, you're not taking advantage of the covenant. Because you don't understand the covenant. He says, I want you to celebrate and you'll celebrate with thanksgiving if you believe what it is. If you don't believe what that blood of the grape that we're about to take and that bread really means, if you don't believe it, then you're just going to say, I hope they got a good brand. You know, some of that stuff we've had here tastes a little funny, but I hope they got a good brand tonight. And this bread, I hope it's not that stuff that just don't even taste like anything. We call it manna. What is it? <laughs> you know, it's just an activity you go through. You're not tapping into because, because it's evident because you're not doing it with thanksgiving. Jesus says he gave thanks. Why did he give thanks? Because thanksgiving is the ultimate expression of faith. You're thanking God for your healing before you get your healing because you know you're going to get your healing. You're thanking God for your promotion before you get your promotion because you know you're going to get your promotion. You're thanking God for your deliverance before you get your deliverance because you know you're going to get His deliverance because you know the covenant. You know who He is. So there's thanksgiving. It's not a thank you letter after receiving the gift. It's a thanksgiving. It's forward focused. So Jesus says, in like manner, as I'm giving thanks like manner, you give thanks, which will be an expression of your faith in the value of what you're doing. Hallelujah. We were ask our ushers to come now and they would position themselves. Hallelujah. Amen.
And we're going to give you an opportunity tonight. It's a good Friday. It's a good Friday because we have a better covenant. It's a good Friday because we have better promises. It's a good Friday because we have better blood. It's a good Friday because we have a better high priest. It's a good Friday. It's a good Friday. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow our heads before you. Lord, we know that this tonight is twofold. One, for those who are outside of the body of Christ, who want to connect, who want to come in as a son or a daughter of the Most High God that is open to them, Lord. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're in this room, whether they're listening to this in their bedroom, listening to this in a prison, listening to this at their office, listening to this in their vehicle, Lord God, wherever they may be listening to this, Lord God, there's a, a, a nudging. There's a, 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 a wooing of your spirit, Lord God, saying it's time. It's time to make things right with me, son. It's time to make things right with me, daughter. And God, you're calling them. You're calling them. They know it. They feel it. Their heart is beating within their chest. They know that tonight is tonight. It's a good Friday. And Lord God, they're going to have as the anniversary every year that would come. Good Friday. Good Friday is when I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. And I connected with his body right before communion. Hallelujah. So if you're here and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're, not, you're unsure that you're a part of the family of God, you can make that right and you can correct it right now. Right now by praying this prayer. Come on church, let's pray it together. Father God, I come to you born a sinner, born disqualified. But the good news is, you sent your son Jesus. Jesus, you came to save me. You came to reclaim me. You came to make a way where there was no way. And you are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. I surrender my life to you. From this day forward, I live for your glory. I live for your honor. And I live for your praise. And I thank you for accepting me. I thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I thank you that now I am a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.